Hey world, it's your host Marshall. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Run On Thoughts. Here we talk about everything and nothing because we are not afraid to be all of ourselves even as we evolve. And that's my thought for my fellow thought thinkers as we unpack our traumas, past hurts, and other BS. Y'all ready? Let's go. Before we go anywhere, I would first like to say thank you. Thank you to those of you that believed in me and are patient as I learn and grow this safe space. I would also like to say thank you to my new followers and ask that you continue to support this journey by commenting, sharing, and following my Instagram at Run On Thoughts Podcast. Today, guys, I am a little nervous, but I'm going to do what I ask you guys to do, and that's have courage. Okay, so where exactly are we going today? Today's episode was inspired by the conviction of R. Kelly. You heard me, R. Kelly. Uh, He received a 30-year sentence, but that wasn't the real issue for me. The real issue is that on Facebook, somehow I got a post highlighting a love and a fight for his freedom and proclamations of those who refuse to stop listening to his music. I refuse to highlight that page, have no idea of why Facebook or anyone thought that I would want to be a part of such a group when I have not listened to R. Kelly in over 20 years. I saw the video of him pissing on a child while in the barbershop and for me, that was enough, right? That was a complete and utter enough because I am my sister's keeper. But it wasn't really R. Kelly, right? After him receiving that um, 30-year prison sentence and then me getting this Facebook um, post uh, with these people who were sharing him and wanting his streams to go up and wanting for people to um, fight for his freedom, I was like, what the fuck? Fight for his freedom? Oh, God. Today's episode is not about those people. It is more about the people who are hurt and left feeling unheard, unprotected, and unseen by the decisions of the adults in their lives, our children. The question becomes, why, right? Why can't people see the correlation between their support of predators and the uncertainty and hypocrisy they teach their children. And I'm not gonna say that this is just R. Kelly because that would be motherfucking ridiculous. I'm sorry to be cursing so early, but I hear the people on social media who say, it's not just R. Kelly, it's not just R. Kelly. And it's not just R. Kelly. R. Kelly is by no means the only predator. I am starting to believe that part of the infrastructure of humans, especially those, I was going to say especially those in entertainment, but that's not even true either. So I'm starting to believe that the infrastructure of humans, period, is abuse and power, you know? And luckily at this time, there seems to be an awakening and a pulling up of the dirty rugs covering the sins of many sexual predators and rapists, including Bill Cosby. I'm not going to stay on just the black people, right? Harvey Weinstein, 
Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, and many, 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 many. I probably could say many 100 times. And then I'm going to end with your friends and loved ones, right? And I've been thinking about this. What is that? I mean, it's so pervasive and prevalent in our society to ignore predators that I'm having a hard time understanding what exactly is it that has this evil hold on the world where you would want to protect those who hurt your children and I am sure have hurt you. Right? Because in my opinion, forms of trauma are the reason why. Right? And thanks to social media, social media does have some good points. That's how those of us who want to share our opinions and share our thoughts and share our experiences, right? Get to group ourselves together with like-minded people. But remember that where there's good, there's bad. Where there's light, there's dark. And even though those of us who have good intention get to share our experiences with like-minded people, those who have negative experiences and who have negative things that they want to highlight, they too also get a platform. You know what I'm saying? So thanks to social media, people are able to find like-minded people for any and everything. People no longer have to sit in their wrongs or opinions alone. They can find their people to support their thought processes. I thought about Stockholm Syndrome and trauma bonding. Of course, I'm going to share with you guys a little later exactly what those words mean because you know I love words, but I also understand that oftentimes we use words wrong or we use words that we don't even understand, right? So I definitely looked up those words and I'm definitely going to share them with you. But then there's this trauma bonding, which is also the sister word, right, to Stockholm Syndrome. But attach that to social media platforms that allow people a culture of inclusivity that breeds a lack of accountability. That's what triggered this episode when I got that post about R. Kelly. It wasn't specifically, specifically. R. Kelly, but it was the audacity of these people to want to be in a group defending, and not just defending, but highlighting his triumphs while ignoring his falls. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? No, what really is going on? So I'm going to Start slow, and we're going to start with defining Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome is a coping mechanism. I don't know what that word I just said was, but I'm still nervous because I know that when you share dark things, people will come and attack you because they want to defend their wrongs, right? People don't like being outed. People don't like being questioned and people don't like when you say something about them and it, you're, you are not in agreement. And it is clear that I am not in agreement. If you have been following my podcast and you know that I have extreme opinions and extreme opinions, especially about our children. 
So let me start over. Stockholm syndrome is a coping mechanism to a captive or abusive situation. People develop positive feelings toward their captors or abusers over time. This condition applies to situations including child abuse, coach, athlete abuse, relationship abuse, and even sex trafficking. Then I looked up the sister word trauma bonding. The dictionary also says that it is known as Stockholm syndrome, right? It describes a deep bond which forms between a victim and their abuser. Victims of abuse often develop a strong sense of loyalty towards their abuser, despite the fact that the bond is damaging to them. Have any of you ever seen the movie um, Beauty and the Beast? Well, the original story of Beauty and the Beast is a perfect demonstration, a perfect example of Stockholm Syndrome or trauma bonding. Belle developed feelings for the now beast, right, who used to be a prince. Belle was alone and unsupported. Their relationship didn't flourish from a genuine connection. However, as the story has been altered for modern audiences, elements of Stockholm Syndrome have all but vanished. Think about that. No, really, think about that. As we know better, we should do better. The original story was highlighting Stockholm Syndrome, and I'm sure that that wasn't even their motivation. But in society, movies, TV, everything reflects the society that we are actually living in. And as society asks for more, movies are expected to highlight our new sense of morals and values, right? Because even when I watch the movie now, I'm like, I didn't see that. But when you go back, most of our movies, as they are retold, right, they get retold with the new sense of identity. But could you imagine being trapped in a castle? It's dark and you're captive, i.e. the prince who didn't start off evil, right? Because that's how I feel about R. Kelly. He didn't start off evil, right? He was just a young boy who didn't want to do something and then a punishment was cast upon him and he became ugly. And the only way for him to get unugly, whatever ugly means to people, right, is to fall in love, is for someone to fall in love with him. But in the meantime, he's still a monster. In the meantime, he's still not nice. In the meantime, he's still ab abusive. But where is Belle supposed to go for comfort? Where is Belle supposed to go for reasoning? Where is she supposed to go for logical, loving advice? I know you guys can hear the, um, the car horns in the background. That is one of the adjustments that we are going to have to deal with for now. As the podcast grows, I hope to eventually have my own studio that is soundproof and we can go for there. But back to Belle. Where is she supposed to go? The only place she has to go is toward her abuser, toward him. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine the only comfort in the world that you get is from your abuser? Because, right, although he's mean, there are times when he's loving or times when she seems to be able to reach the inner, the inner uh, beast. Because inside he's not a beast. 
right? I'm sure that inside some of these predators, there are good points. And people say, oh, he's a good person. What the hell does that even mean when someone has committed an act that is so egregious? But I know what they mean, right? It means that, because truthfully, we all have good and bad parts in us, right? We all have yin and yang. We all have, you know, ratchet and righteous. We all have those. But some of us go too far. Some of us have been abused and that abuse makes you predator or prey. That abuse, sometimes it gets so dark that you can only see darkness sometimes. And that's how some people actually protect themselves. But like I said, as you know better, we should be doing better. So my goal for today's podcast is to help you know better so that we all can do better, right? And then this theory that I'm talking about as it relates to trauma bonding and social media gets expounded on social media, right? Where those who are living and dealing with trauma get to feel seen and supported. I really believe that that is what most of us want. Most of us want to feel seen. Most of us want to be supported. Most of us want to live in our truth. But how can we live in our truth when it has been sullied? It has been darkened. It darkened. It has been shit on. Right? We all know letdown. It becomes expected to expect nothing. And that hurts my heart that so many people expect nothing. I don't even understand that concept when people say expect nothing. We should expect greatness. We should expect love. We should expect respect, expect loyalty. We should respect and expect everything of our heart's desires as long as we're not hurting people. There's some basic things, happiness, love, support, you know, from your family, from friends, from those that say that I love you. I should be able to walk into an alley and not be raped or attacked. I should be, there's so many things that we should be able to, but because of the detriment of society, we have to walk around clothed in fear. And that's not fair. Can you imagine no one defending you and then blaming you for everything that happened to you, right? First of all, that sickens me. Every time a victim comes forward and says that something has happened to them, somebody starts the fucking post about what did said victim do. And I'm here to tell you that I don't really give a fuck what the victim did. In no way does it negate the intention of the abuser, right? We don't have to ignore that the victim could be naive or that the victim could have uh, uh, some motivation, but it's usually the motivation that the predator uses to win over the victim in the first place. But the predator's intention can never, never be negated. Their intention was to harm, to harm. I know it's clear that I believe many of those who support criminals and those who have been traumatized in some way or another and have never felt protected, right? 
This idealization is inherent of the system that never protected them. And now protecting the one who gave them something, even if that something is music or a movie or anything, attention for that matter, it was more than those who were supposed to give them love and protection gave. Once again, ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? More, you got more from your predator than you do from those who are supposed to love you. You know what I would like? I would like to hear from someone who says they believe he did it, but still believe it is morally okay to listen to his music. I have heard many say that they can separate the violent act from enjoying the gifts they receive from the guilty. Separate it, they say. The fuck does that mean, separate it? Separate what? Exactly what is it that they are separating? No, really, what are you separating? You're separating a person's gifts from their humanity, right? So, I get gifts to be a singer. La, 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 la. We all know I can't sing, so I'm clear it would be easy to, to uh, put me underneath the jail if I ever did something wrong because I don't have that kind of gifts. But that too, this idea that we exalt people based on the strength of their gifts and that should allow them to do wrongs, right? It's like we have this scale that says the greater your gift or the greater your wealth or the greater your power, the more you are allowed to get away with and the more you are allowed to treat people like shit. What fucking kind of sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense at all. And another thing, I often ask myself, those who are able to separate the gift from the predatory act, would they be able to separate the gift from the predatory act if it was someone that they loved? If one of those predators raped or sexually abused your child, could you separate the gift? Would you want us to separate the gift? Why are we not our children's keepers? Why are we not collectively standing together to say that something is wrong? Now, although today's episode is entitled Unlove Thy Neighbor, because that is how unlove thy enemy, right? Because of the, you know, it's a play on words from love thy neighbor, right? And I do believe that you should love thy neighbor. And I also believe that you can love your enemy if you choose to. I'm not that person, right? I'm not that person. I don't feel that in my heart. I don't feel that that is required of me. I am not God. I am a human being. And yes, we all are flawed. But some of our flaws hurt our children. And when those flaws hurt our children, we send broken people out into the world who then break more people. Does that make sense? That is what you are doing when you support predators. And for me, that doesn't make any sense. Our children do not do what we say. They don't. They do what we do. They see what we do. Their minds are built by watching and observing what we do, what we like. The disconnect so many have with their children is the belief that you can do what you want and expect them to be good humans. If someone violates your child, 
listening to R. Kelly or supporting the likes would not make them feel like they could come to you. Your actions, your actions have made the actions not as extreme as they really are. I would not trust you. I would not trust an adult to protect me. Would you? Right? I've been raped. I come home from school. I want to tell my mom or my dad or my grandmother. And she's in the kitchen chopping onions, listening to AJ nothing but a number. What the fuck? No, think about it. Think about that for a second. And then the child who's feeling empowered to share this information recoils into themselves and holds this shameful secret. Shameful, right? I'm also going to use that in a whole nother discussion because I also have a hard time with those who have been victimized feeling shame. Why should you feel shame for some shit that you didn't do? Something was done to you and yet you feel motherfucking shame? Make it make sense. Someone raped you and you feel shame. Someone lied to you or got you to do something that you shouldn't have been doing. Someone hurt you. Someone did something to you. Someone beat you. Someone violated you in any way and you feel shame. That has to be taught by society because usually the predator don't feel no motherfucking shame. R. Kelly ain't near not once asked for your forgiveness or humbled himself. Bill Cosby ain't never. Harvey Weinstein ain't never. Jeffrey Epstein ain't never. None of these people and the list goes on. They ain't never asked for your motherfucking forgiveness. And yet y'all are giving them forgiveness. And yet y'all are making the victims feel like shit. Make it make sense. Because it don't make no sense. Right? What the fuck am I missing? Actually, for those that do not believe he did it, I guess. I actually understand how you feel. I don't know if you've closed Pandora's box and said that you're not going to walk through there. Or you want to be in denial. Or because you didn't see anything, then it ain't so. I actually respect you on some level right i respect you even though i believe that part of that is cognitive dissonance you know the truth but tell yourself a different truth in order to maintain your beliefs but for those of you who know he did it right and you recreate new scripts for why it is not his responsibility you're the people that I don't really understand, right? You're the people that I don't get. You're the people that make me want to cry because you're the people who get really righteous, right? You think I'm righteous? You're the people who get righteous and say, love thy enemy. You're the people who say, none of us is perfect. You're the people that say, those who have not sinned cast the first stone. And none of this is about that. None of this. I'm not asking you to stone him to death. Although there are some people who think that all predators should be stoned to death. I'm not asking you to do that, right? You can love someone, support someone, and still hold them accountable. Right? That's the, that's the best 
that a person who has victimized a child should ask for, right? Because we should want them to change. In giving someone love, love should look like discipline. Because love without discipline is, it's, is wrong and discipline without love is wrong. So even if you are choosing to support someone who has done something so heinous, shouldn't you still require accountability? Shouldn't they have to come before the world and say, I'm sorry? Shouldn't they have to apologize? Shouldn't they at least have to show that they are making steps towards changing and being transparent? And yet we are giving them blind forgiveness. Now that is something that I don't understand at all. So that's why I ask, what am I missing? Right? What am I missing? You creating these new scripts. What the fuck are we missing? I understand who you people who think that he did it and you don't want him to take responsibility and you saying things like, the parents shouldn't have let their child go there. You're right. They guilty. The system. You're right again. Guilty. The entourages and support teams and people who get paid. You're right again. Guilty. Maybe even the child naive, stupid, wanting to be grown. Yes, you're right again. Guilty. But like I said, none of that negates the perpetrator's intention to harm and to use violence for power. I understand why young people, right, want the adult. I get that. I was a teenage girl, right, who lived in a very strict household. In order to escape some of the strictness, young girls would date older boys because they may have a car, they may have money, they can make you feel like an adult because you're not an adult yet, right? So as the child, I don't know the ramifications of trying to be an adult, but the adult knows. The fucking adult knows, people. The adult knows. The question becomes, why does the adult want the child? Why are we holding the child to a higher standard than we are holding the adult to? Make it make sense. I hear some of the old timers, she fast. What the fuck does fast mean if a girl is 13 and a motherfucking man is 40 fucking years old? He's 40 years old. I have had these conversations with my sisters, with my friends and family. I don't care if it's a nine-year-old girl and she is butt-ass naked, bent over, holding her butt cheeks open, saying, I want you to the grown man. The only fucking thing that the grown man should do is say, put some goddamn clothes on. He should not be so undisciplined that he takes the child, the baby, and have sex with the baby. 
Hence why all these societal norms, it's like, you know, when your grandmother is telling a, a, a six-year-old girl to put her robe on and make sure she tied the robe up and don't sit on the man's lap, I understand all of that, right? Because we have to protect the child from the predator. But why are we allowing the predator in our midst? Why is the predator allowed to be part of the storyline? Think about that, right? Just think about why we accept such foolish shit and still got the nerve to be blaming the child. Have any of you ever heard about the survival brain or what is called your amygdala, right? I read an article I, and I read an article on purpose. Sometimes I think I know everything, but of, but like us all, I don't know everything. For, for this topic, I decided to do some research. And I'm going to be doing that moving forward. Because as we talk and as I share my opinion, I also would like to share facts so that we can all be making better decisions, not just based on our feelings, but on the facts, right? So I read this article called Trauma Bonding on PACE. PACE stands for Parents Against Child Exploitation. The fact that there has to be such a thing is even more ridiculous to me, right? So I'll leave a link for the Parents Against Child Exploitation in the description. It first confirmed what many of us know. Those that are sexually exploited are often judged as if they were thinking from a logical part of the brain. Many believe that the abuse excuse me, was suffered as a result of lifestyle choices. I already was very descriptive about how I feel about the intent of the predator and about how I don't give a damn about what the child is doing. The adult should have the discernment. It is the adult that needs to be able to make an adult decision. But the article goes on to say that Many believe that the abuse was suffered as a result of lifestyle choices. This is not true. I repeat, this is not true. When confronted with danger, the logical part of the brain that thinks, reasons, and exercises choice is not the part of the brain that takes control. The response to threat is not logical. In reality, fear activates a more primitive part of the brain responsible for ensuring survival. Fear chemicals suppress that part of the brain that makes logical decisions. That is because the survival part of the brain or your amygdala is concerned with immediate survival, not long-term psychological impact. The brain will respond. This won't kill you, so freeze and endure it. Whew. That word endurant almost made me want to cry. The more a person responds passively or endures it, the more likely that this will become an automatic response when confronted with fear and sexual violence in the future. You ever heard of a person who's been sexually abused once? They usually be been sexually abused more than once. And that is because now, because of survival kicking in, right, they become more prone to abuse in the future. That shit just makes me sick. Sick. The main survival drive is to create attachment to others. So see, for many, protecting the abuser may be a trauma-induced response. 
the more research I do, the more it is confirming that everyone needs therapy. All our asses need therapy. Because I realized that we all been through some shit. Some worse, some not so worse. But even just living in a society that says that bad is good and good is bad, we all need to unlearn almost everything that we've been taught and start over. Oh, these generational curses and secrets do not allow us to be. And therefore, how can you be healthy and protect your children? Your child comes to you and tells you they were raped. How do you rationalize your love for a pedophile and protect your child? If your child was a victim of someone you love, would you tell them to forgive their predator? The exchange of negative and vile energy that happens when a child's innocence is taken cannot be cured with this blind forgiveness. And it definitely can't be cured without, like I've spoken about already, accountability. People are forgiving folks who have not even humbled themselves and asked for forgiveness, at least. I'm going to keep asking you to think about that. When Jeffrey Epstein was convicted as a child sex predator, convicted, convicted, many young people came forward. He was convicted on one count. He was sentenced to prison where he was allowed to come out of prison each day to go to work. And then he had to come back to the prison to sleep like he's such a upstanding member of society like he's needed like he's a fucking baby brain surgeon and he is needed to save lives nothing people don't even know what this motherfucker did for a living and yet he's able to come out of jail every day to do what not learn a lesson but worse than that or equally as bad as that, is that none of Hollywood's elite or political powers that be stopped associating with him. Not Bill Clinton, not Donald Trump, not Prince Andrew. What does this tell us? This tells us about how society feels about women. I will save that topic for another time too. But this blind forgiveness, part of it comes from oppression. If y'all didn't know I'm a black woman, I can only speak about black people. I try not to splain, mansplain, womansplain, whatever kind of splain you can think about. I stay in my lane. So as a black person, I understand that black people have often been penalized even when they weren't even guilty. Persecuted falsely were our leaders who seemed to be trying to aid us towards the pursuit of equity and happiness, right? So I know. I know this blind allegiance may feel like a fuck you to the system, right? For all the times some white woman said that a black man raped her and he spent 20 years in jail or for when we were used as guinea pigs for syphilis or for when somebody said that we uh, sold some drugs and it was planted all trying to get us to lower our heads and dim our lights so that we continue to feel less than in the society. I get it. I get it. I get it. 
I know what it feels like to not be protected or to feel abandoned, but not at the expense of what we teach our children about honor, about integrity, about love, about allegiance, about feeling protected, not at the expense of their well-being, not at the expense of raising more predators and prey. We must break the cycle of abuse and a secondary form of abuse, accepting abuse in our society. Have any of you ever seen the movie A Time to Kill? My favorite scene, I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but of course one of the best scenes in the movie is when the white attorney paints a horrible picture of rape, right? And in order to yield to the white collective shared identity of the jurors, he tells the jury to imagine if the victim were white. That shit pained my soul when I first heard that. Because in order for a black child to get justice, the jury couldn't even imagine the black child as a human being enough, not deserving of rape. A, paint, a picture needed to be painted of a white child so that these white people could see her humanity. Ain't that some shit? <sighs> I yield to those who blindly follow perpetrators of rape, sex crimes, and the many forms of pedophilia to imagine if it were your child. Y'all want to know what else is sick? As I thought about this, I thought about what was more concerning is a number of people who would still listen to their favorite artists, even if it were their child being victimized. I can assert this belief by the number of mothers or fathers whose child has been violated by their husband or boyfriend and the mom chooses the man. Or the number of young women and young men who still have to celebrate holidays with the family member who violated them. Everyone knows and walks over the lumpy rug of family secrets that ain't even really secrets. Everybody knows. I ask myself, is this a case of Stockholm Syndrome? Or have we all been so conditioned to see acts of violence committed against women or girls by men as normal? We see this right now, 2022, with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Women are not given agency over their own fucking bodies. Our woes are mansplained away. I know I said we'd leave this for another discussion and we will discuss a woman's right to have autonomy and agency over her own fucking body because that too is not about children, not about protecting unborn babies, mostly about power and evil persisting in a society that only wants to rule over women and put them in their fucking place. I am realizing that one of the ways evil continues to remain pervasive is because humans do not want to be inconvenienced in any way. They will take on a cause only if said cause does not interfere with things or people they like. They only are loyal to their own needs and worse wants. No one needs a person's creativity. 
I can understand the hard choice to decide if this person was the only and best doctor to save your dying loved one, but not being able to give up music or a movie sounds crazy to me, especially for our children, because I'll do anything for mine, anything. Y'all want to know what's crazy about this topic that I feel so strongly about? I have never been violated sexually in any way. And I realize that for those who have been violated, it is often hard to have a voice. And so it is up to those of us who have not been violated in this way to speak loud. All right, I'm tired of talking to you guys. Bye.